The Perfect Stress Podcast does not provide medical or nutritional advice, nor is it a substitute for medical or nutritional advice, and is not intended for the prevention, cure, or mitigation of any medical condition or disease. This podcast provides information only. Please consult a physician or nutritionist for advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Perfect Stress Podcast, where we walk that fine line between being productive and overdoing it and triggering stress-related symptoms. I'm Adam Darrow, your host and founder of MyStressAlarm.com. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about navigating through the various holistic options available, so-called alternative options. Again, as with all these episodes, these are just my opinions I do research things, but I'm not exactly an expert in anything. I have, however, had success in managing my ulcerative colitis to the point where I haven't had a flare-up since 2007, and I haven't taken any meds for it since around 2010. It's been a long time. Uh, But these are just my opinions, and I'm uh, working feverishly right now, to tell you the truth, uh, preparing to do interviews Uh, so that you can get more than just my opinion uh, on these various topics. And I promise the questions will be as unique as I hope my monologues have been up to this point. I do feel that I provide a unique take on stress management, and I hope that you find some value in that. So getting to the topic at hand, um, if you have a stress-related chronic health issue and you're looking for more holistic ways to manage that, then you're in luck because the holistic world has a lot to offer. You've got health coaching, wellness coaching, naturopathy, homeopathy, special diets, physical fitness programs, yoga, massage therapy, acupuncture, acupressure, EFT tapping, Reiki, spiritual healing, float cabins, essential oils, resilience training, cognitive therapy, mindfulness, deep breathing exercises, meditation, symptom trackers, biofeedback apps, sleep enhancement apps, medical marijuana, Ooh, that's a lot of choices, and I'm sure I left a bunch out. So how to make sense of it all? Because it's not like conventional medicine, right? Step one, diagnosis. Hopefully, not everyone's that lucky, but step one, diagnosis. Step two, doc writes prescription and sends electronically to pharmacy. Step three, pharmacy fills prescription and submits claimed insurance company, and so on. I mean, it's all handled, right? The whole process. You know how food is farm to table? This is like pharmacy to table. It's all streamlined, they have their own codes, their own language. Heck, even before prescriptions got sent over electronically, uh, the pharmacies would be able to read the handwritten ones from the doctors. And that wasn't so easy. You know, I always wondered how something so important as your prescription, the doctor would write so messy. But the pharmacy still got it right. They still got it right. Well, in trying to navigate all this, I look at three things. And I don't think I can cover all this in one episode, so I think it's uh, this is going to be a two-episode thing. First, what exactly is the value proposition or value add of what's being offered, the solution? And related to that, what is the approach, if any, to behavioral change, to actually implement their recommended plan, if they are recommending a plan? Most do, uh, in addition to any treatment that may be offered. And third, for those solutions that incorporate some type of stress measurement, what method is used and is it suitable given the user's goals? So what is the value add or value proposition? I can't run through all the options today, but 
Let's start with tracker apps. They ask you to enter a variety of things each day, any symptoms you have, how you feel, your mood at different times of the day and why, how you slept, food intake and ingredients, water consumption, medications and supplements, physical activity and workouts, uh, weight, and so on. Now, if you don't want to enter a bunch of information each day like that, you could go with a biofeedback app, but it's limited in what data it can capture and then in turn use as a basis to make recommendations, uh, which is usually part of what's being offered in these apps. Also, keep in mind that there's usually an upfront cost, could be several hundred dollars for a biofeedback app. Uh, and if it uses those um, disposable electrodes, that's an additional ongoing cost that can add up over time. You also have to remember to put it on each day or take it with you. Uh, if it uses batteries, you have to remember to keep them charged. There could also be technical issues syncing to the database. Uh, there could be uh, privacy concerns as far as it, if it tracks your location. Let me tell you something. If you thought Google knew a lot about you, you know they uh, just bought Fitbit back in uh, November. So if you're a Fitbit user, they got that too. Just saying. Now, I've seen uh, trackers more uh, for more general use, but also ones geared toward one particular health issue or another. Uh, inflammatory bowel disease, hypertension, pain management, things like that. Um, they're advertised, as far as I could tell, to provide the big picture and figure out underlying patterns based on the data you're entering into the system each day. And then it makes uh, recommendations, lifestyle recommendations. That's generally the process <clears throat> as far as I can tell. So in looking at what these symptom trackers actually do, and by the way, some of them have gorgeous designs. They're very well designed as far as usability. Uh, very, just very nice platforms to use. And I think it's fair to say that these tracker apps are, at the very least, useful at helping you initially organize your personal data if you want help with that or if you think you need help with that. So that right there has value. Uh, and as with all journaling, it makes you more aware. Now, how good are they at actually identifying the underlying triggers uh, and issues and recommending the best plan forward to make the most improvement? Who knows? Uh, one side note, and I know I've mentioned this before uh, in a prior episode, but having monitored health support groups over the past 10 years, also conversations I've had with patients as well as my own experience, uh, patients don't really need help identifying stress as their main trigger if that's what the issue is. So if stress is your main trigger, you probably already know that you don't need an app to figure that out. And this leads me into uh, how is the behavioral change aspect being addressed, if at all, because it doesn't really matter if an app comes up with the best plan based on the latest research and the most world-renowned experts if, given your limited time and resources, it's not very realistic that you can stick to or adhere to that plan. And again, I've talked about uh, some common recommendations that might not be that useful if you're in the situation where you're working hard to get ahead and having to deal with stress-related health issues. For instance, stress-relieving treatments like massage and acupuncture. And you know I'm a big believer in acupuncture, but it does get expensive. If you're in a flare and you need it, you need it but you'd be better served long-term with a more proactive approach. You could do deep breathing, meditation, mindfulness, um, 
But those things do take practice, and chances are alone can't keep your cumulative stress level from rising and eventually hitting your stress threshold, again, if you're in the situation we're talking about. I'm all for doing these things. I do them myself more and more. And if doing them can alone offset the extra stress from squeezing in more time for your goals, then great. But I'm just trying to be realistic. You could do yoga and physical exercise. I think it's great if you can do it. But if you have time for that, you probably wouldn't be in this predicament in the first place. You can also do cognitive therapy or resilience training to widen your perspective on things. But considering the situation we're talking about here, that's not really the issue, right? By the way, you may still benefit from cognitive therapy or resilience training as you can have stress from several different sources. They're not mutually exclusive. But again, If your main problem is squeezing time in to work on your goals and not resting enough, all the cognitive therapy and resilience training in the world isn't going to help you. Taking steps to enhance your sleep is always a good option, especially if you're a light sleeper like me. But many times the problem ends up being that you're probably working when you should be winding down for the day. So again, if you have ample time to wind down, you probably wouldn't be in this predicament in the first place. And this is why taking meds can be so tempting because it's so easy, right? But of course, it's never that easy. There are quality of life issues to consider, like side effects, health risks, remembering to take it, getting refills, remembering to tell all your doctors uh, what meds you're on so they know, uh, more follow-up doctor appointments and blood tests depending on the type of meds you're on, and so on. Not to mention all the out-of-pocket costs. Of course, there is one other option. You could just give up on your goals. But if you're like me, you have that natural, never-ending drive to succeed, that intrinsic motivation. So you're not likely to just give up. And I know you know this, but I have to mention it. Always consult with your doctor first before trying any alternative treatment or stopping or changing in any way any current treatment you're on. Well, I think I'll stop here for now, um, but I would like to cover next time how chronic stress monitoring compares to other options from a behavioral change standpoint, including corporate wellness incentive programs, nudging techniques, gamification, and so on. Um, I'd like to also touch more on methods of measuring stress and their suitability given users' goals. And again, I am working uh, feverishly to bring you uh, interviews from very interesting and knowledgeable folks uh, from all backgrounds. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. If you have an autoimmune disorder, heartburn, tension headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, high blood pressure, depression, or something else you think is stress-related, please try MyStressAlarm.com today. It's free for a limited time, there's no wearables or sensors needed, and it takes just one minute a day if you're slow. That's MyStressAlarm.com. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in, and if you'd like to get new episodes automatically, just click subscribe. Also, I'd be much obliged if you left a review or comment. Well, until next time, wishing you good health and success. And remember, stress less to be your best.